0: Wo yoy, wo yoy, wo yoy. Danny Dan on the radio again. Yo! If you want no smoke, free weed, Grow bud yourself, you need to go plant that seed. Grow bud yourself, make your knowledge increase. Grow bud yourself. Grow bud yourself. Grow bud yourself. yourself. You want no smoke.
1: Hey, all right. Welcome to episode 95 of Grow Bud Yourself. We have a great show in store for you guys today. Uh first we're going to talk a little bit about some uh some recent news. In Cannabis, our interview is with Chloe Villano. She's the CEO of Cannabis Business Awards, among many other things in the space. Uh, Cultivation segment features our strain of the fortnight, Uh, 10 more tips for beating the heat, and uh, Grow Q&A, all brought to you by Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients, Rocket Seeds, and Excelsior Extracts. So stick around. Episode 95 is coming at you. All right. Welcome back. As always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. Check them out on the socials. We love the tune. It's an earworm. <laughs> Episode number 95. Mike, how you feeling?
0: I'm feeling well. 95. That's a lot of episodes.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, you know, we're just uh, we're out here just killing it, man, teaching people how to grow and uh, hopefully uh, become more self-sustainable in the cannabis space.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're approaching our, um, our, 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 our free weed total, which I think was like 103, 104 or something like that. So interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you add those all up, I mean, whew, man, that's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of yapping.
0: Well, one might argue, uh, too much yapping. <laughs> well, you know.
1: know, people are still yeah. listening. Yeah. So thanks guys. Thanks. Yeah. Supporting us on Patreon, supporting us on YouTube, uh, subscribing. It's pretty awesome. It is, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm very pleased with the, uh, the community. I'm, I'm just sent out a bunch of Patreon stuff. So, uh, if you're waiting for your stuff, uh, it's in the mail and, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy. And yeah, the, there's a bunch of free, free stuff you can get by, by signing up there, uh, for as little as $4 and 20 cents a month. So we definitely encourage you guys, uh, to join that at patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Uh, but I digress. Let's uh let's talk about what's going on out there in the uh in the cannabis news world.
0: Okay. Yeah. Good thinking. Um <laughs> I think last week we uh we t- we talked a lot about Delaware and we're going to talk about Delaware again this week. Uh but let's start I guess we'll stick in the Rust Belt. Is Delaware part of the Rust Belt? I don't know. I don't believe maybe so. just out of it, but but Pennsylvania is. So let's Talk about Pennsylvania and uh, people at this point are probably aware that uh, noted fame whore and former television doctor, Dr. Oz, he's running for Senate in Pennsylvania. He's going to be or wants to be the uh, Republican senator for Pennsylvania. And... Uh, he came out this week opposed to cannabis, and he had some very interesting things to say that I thought our listeners should hear. So, um, this is Dr. Oz quoting here. There are not enough Pennsylvanians to work in Pennsylvania, so giving them pot so they stay at home is not, I don't think, an ideal move. He's, uh, essentially, he's saying that, that people are going to be uh, just s- sitting around on the couch all day and not working if they uh, legalize pot. He goes on to say, uh, quote, I don't want young people to think they have to smoke a joint to get out of their house in the morning. You've got to give them their mojo, and I don't want marijuana to be a hindrance to that.
1: Huh. Hmm. Uh, he's a dum-dum. I'm team Fetterman. <laughs> I'm, in fact, I, at some point, we got to get uh, Fetterman on, on the show. I mean, like, we gotta, <laughs> we got to get him on the show. He's a, he's a trip, man. I, uh, his, his wife is an actual medical marijuana patient uh and he is probably the most pro cannabis politician out there at least at the level that he's at uh and at you know i mean he flew a cannabis flag outside the the mansion or the governor uh, was he lieutenant governor i believe so yeah right right so he like flew a a, a pot flag a hemp flag and yeah man i'm team fetterman (laughs) all the way and Dr. Oz is
0: a dumb dog. Well, Dr. Oz, I think he's still uh, involved in the primary to see if he could represent the GOP. And he's sort of neck and neck with this Dave McCormick. So maybe this won't even become a, a possibility for Pennsylvania. But uh, sort of, a, I guess, if you're trying to be the Republican representative, it's not a bad move. But it seems sort of odd to just start targeting cannabis as a uh, a negative, you know, you'd figure if you're that close, you just need a couple more votes. You might want to bring in some people that uh, that enjoy getting high.
1: Yeah, I mean, I talk about it, it's not it's not as bipartisan in the world as it is in politics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's plenty of Republicans that smoke, uh obviously libertarians and people of all different spectrum, you know, political spectrum. So it does seem weird when you've got like 70 to 80% of people supporting something and then a uh, politician will, will will be against it. But I guess he's got to, he's got to distinguish himself right. in some way from Fetterman or McCormick or, you know, obviously he's still in a the runoff. Uh, they're going to, I guess do a, you know, recount the votes or whatever they might do. Uh, but either way, you, whether it's Oz McCormick or whoever uh, I'm team Fetterman all the way. So if you're in PA, you know, Send him a few bucks, uh, and hopefully, like I said, we'll get him on the show sometime to actually talk about uh, what he can do uh, for Pennsylvania because they, you know, they their cannabis program could use a a lot of uh, a lot of help.
0: Indeed, it could. And not to belabor the point here, but uh, but one more little uh, uh, quote here from Doctor Oz. He's uh, he's very concerned about a quote emotional addiction to cannabis for Pennsylvanians. So, yeah, don't get emotionally addicted. Uh, don't just sit on your couch all day not working. <laughs> Dr. Oz cares about you and the people of Pennsylvania, and he really likes seeing his name in the news. Yeah, and he's not even from Pennsylvania. Right. Like He doesn't even know, spend most of his time in Pennsylvania. Carpet bagging. Yeah, right. carpet bagging.
1: <laughs> clearly just showing up to, to run and, yeah. No reason to vote for someone who... Uh, would infringe upon your rights uh, to consume cannabis. Yeah, and that's on just one issue. I mean, I'm sure we could come up with a bunch of different reasons that he's pretty lame and should not be in politics, but uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, that jumped out. So um, as I kind of uh, mentioned at the top of this segment, we, we need to talk about Delaware again. And uh, just a d- really quick recap, uh, Delaware, they decided to go the Vermont route where they le- they try to legalize uh, just the possession of cannabis and then have a separate bill that commercializes cannabis. And so the possession legalization bill, that passed the House and the Senate and it went to the governor's desk uh, the other day, um, May 19th, I believe. So that's all set for him to either sign or veto. He is a, a, a Democrat, He's a Democratic governor, but the plot twist here is that he's staunchly opposed to cannabis, and there's a good chance he's going to veto even just the possession uh, bill. But now uh, Delaware also has this second bill that commercializes or would uh, commercialize cannabis and create um, retail sales. And now that bill is in the House, and it's uh, if it passes there, it would go to the Senate and then, of course, to the governor's desk. But ever having one of those days where you wake up and you're just not feeling very good and you say you know what uh, i'm hitting snooze i'm hitting snooze i'm just gonna call in sick from work i can't do it today i can't deal with the people well that happened to rep uh, john larry mitchell the house majority whip he's a democratic uh, representative for the house except uh, Mitchell called in sick on the day that the Delaware House was voting on the tax and regulate cannabis bill. And, I should add, that the bill failed by one vote. Mitchell's vote. So had he just uh, kind of toughed it out, taken some Pepto-Bismol, went to work and voted, that the bill would have passed the House and moved on to the Senate. But he called in sick, he didn't vote, and it, pa- it uh, failed by one vote. So um, in kind of an interesting move, it's going to look to people who examine it that it it lost by two votes. What actually happened was the sponsor of the bill, Representative Ed um, Osensky. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But Ed Osensky, he, um, at the last minute, he changed his vote from yes to no Uh, in order to be on the prevailing side, because uh, in Delaware, a a member of the winning side can uh, can recall a bill for a new vote. So a crafty little maneuver there. They're going to get a revote in the House of this bill, possibly as early as the first week of June, and hopefully Representative John Larry Mitchell will be feeling well enough to show up and the bill actually passes
1: yeah absolutely that's a a little fishy there but yeah please show up on the second vote bro i mean that's not a good good time to choose uh to you know i mean everybody needs their time and space but uh you know pass this thing and then you can just choke toke up <laughs> and uh maybe you'll need less of this uh sh- stress relief uh from days off what's
0: the uh the Ferris on... bueller quote when he's talking to uh to cameron be a man Take some Pepto-Bismol, get dressed, and come on over here. I'm tired of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Take some Pepto-Bismol and get over here, for God's sakes. We need your vote. And can I just say a couple reasons why I don't trust this fellow? Uh, They say that he supports the bill. Uh, I I think he's even listed as a co-sponsor. But uh, we're talking about a former uh, police officer. And also, uh, hmm. depending on what report you read, his name is either John or Larry, which confused the hell out of me until I looked it up. And he, he actually goes by John, quote, Larry Mitchell. So he's John Larry Mitchell. Hmm. So there are a few reasons not to trust this fellow. And then I find it very suspicious that he decides not to show up for the vote, which fails by his vote.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a sticky wicket there hopefully uh hopefully he'll show up next time and, and they can get it through and and smarter the other guy to to you know I would normally be bummed if someone votes no but if that allows him then to 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 call that vote again then that's a crafty little move there and uh, hopefully they'll they'll get to it and Delaware will will have legal cannabis I mean why not
0: why not indeed um, you know what I really wanted to talk about Rhode Island's uh, almost comical uh, legalization saga and the, the nonsense that's been going on in that state for months now. But we have a, a extra long uh, interview and we have a very, very long cultivation segment. So maybe we'll save that for next week and just move on. Yeah. But that's... Let's do a deep we'll do dive, a deep dive.
1: In, into that next yeah. week.
0: So that's what's going on right now in the world of weed. Uh, but why don't you tell the people about this interview we have coming up?
1: Yes. So the interview is a, a longtime friend, uh, and, 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 expert and leader in the industry, Chloe Valano, uh, who we first met, uh, from, from going to Denver for cannabis cups and things like that. Uh, but she's been involved in, uh, advocacy, entrepreneurship, education, consulting, uh, brand development, pretty much everything you can do in the cannabis industry, uh, for many years now. And, uh, is involved with uh, Rohan Marley's brand, Lion Order, and the upcoming Cannabis Business Awards. She's the CEO of the Cannabis Business Awards. Um, So there's a lot to get to uh, with Chloe. Uh, Like I said, she's been involved in all aspects of the industry as a leader. um, One of the first, if not the first, uh, consultant working in the space. So uh, without further ado, why don't we take a break and come back with Chloe Villano. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweetleaf plant nutrients. Sweetleaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. Check them out at Sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. The code DANCO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweetleaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients, as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, You'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DENKO15. All right. Welcome back. And uh, we have a very special guest for you guys and uh, a friend of ours for over a decade now. And uh, uh, someone who has been working in cannabis for a long time and in all aspects of cannabis as well, which is very interesting. Uh, She is the CEO of Volano Enterprises, uh, Cloverleaf Consulting, the Cannabis Business Awards, which we'll get into, as well as Rohan Marley's uh, Lion Order. Uh, brand and much much more so uh welcome to grow Bud yourself chloe
2: thank you danny it's it's exciting to be here
1: yeah it's a pleasure to have you on and uh you have been working in cannabis for so long but tell me uh you know before you got into the business uh you were not only a, a connoisseur but you uh experienced the, the medicinal benefits of cannabis as well right
2: Absolutely, I've always been a connoisseur, and i've always I've always used cannabis, and um, it's always been my substance of choice.
1: Absolutely, and as far as uh, you know medically as well, you have experience in your life uh, with cannabis as as uh, as medicine. But you launched Cloverleaf Consulting in two thousand nine, um, and I think you're one of the earliest. Uh, known consultants in the cannabis industry, uh, that was able to help, uh, people with their businesses, uh, whether it be uh, a lot of different, I mean, uh, it could be cultivations. Uh, you were involved in, uh, some, a dispensary as well, uh, with Robert Corey, uh, back in the day, tell me a little bit about those early days in Colorado, uh, and how you got involved in the industry itself.
2: Well, you know, those days, what we always love to call the good old days, right, where we had that medical marijuana community and we all were in it just because of, you know, our hearts and the right reasons at the time. And and um, they were just so special back then because we were all fighting and we were still fighting. But, you know, there was such a small group of people that truly believed in cannabis as medicine And, you know, my 14 year old brother got cancer and eventually passed away. That's really what got me, you know, to where I saw cannabis differently, like as medicine and really even understood my relationship with it deeper is when an ER doctor told me, you know, to give him cannabis. And I said, but he's only 14. And he told me, trust me, give it to him. And uh, I think that was a game changer and really is where, you know, it changed for me at that moment. And I got in.
1: Yeah, and so you were, you got involved in the industry um, as a consultant, but you also uh, founded Clover Cloverleaf University uh, for educational purposes to teach people uh, that were new to this industry uh, at that time about uh, you know the community cannabis in general and basically how to get involved. Um, tell me a little bit about founding Cloverleaf University in conjunction with the consulting as well.
2: Absolutely. So I was the first cannabis business consultant in Colorado. You know, I I set up hundreds of businesses and was kind of like that first person that brought the industries together. You know, when I came into the industry, there was really normal and just some activist groups. And we kind of pioneered that. Um, you know, setting up these businesses. And I set up some of the biggest businesses in the industry and became, you know, had a, a very, in high demand, you know, my services, they were people coming from all over with suitcases of weed going, you know what? If I could get into this, this is what I do. And, and I hear you can help me. And it was just crazy days being in that situation. And eventually I had so many clients that I said, there has, we have to train people. We, and I was already holding classes on the weekend. And so, um, you know, I said, I'm going to go through the Department of Higher Education because this is a real industry. We've legalized marijuana in the state of Colorado. We made seven hundred million dollars our first year, nine hundred million our second year and one point five billion our third year. I mean, we had to start training with 10,000 employees. And so um, I've eventually uh, in January of 2013 received accredited approval through the Department of Higher Education's Private Occupational School Board for Cloverleaf.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that uh, some of the businesses that you helped uh, as far as uh, consulting for, developing, uh, performing due diligence for, uh, and getting them started, uh, we're talking about dispensaries, uh, cultivation facilities, uh, edible kitchens, all types of different brands um, that you were able to Uh, bring to market and help companies uh, that are actually now several, many of them uh, big uh, companies in the industry. And at the same time, uh, you know, speaking and uh, judging cannabis cups with us and uh, all kinds of other stuff. I mean, you've just been involved in basically every aspect of the industry uh, and the community, of course, because uh, you've been involved on the activism side and the educational side as well. Um, So yeah, tell me now uh, a little bit about the Cannabis Business Awards because you're now celebrating a decade, uh, and it's the ten year anniversary of the founding of the Cannabis Business Awards, and you have a big event coming up as well. Uh, tell me a little bit about the the formation of that. I'm actually a uh, a recipient of an award in yeah. twenty in 2019. I won an MVP award and had a, a, a you know a moment uh, accepting that award in Las Vegas. Uh, and that was really very special for me. I have a video of it that I'll post on my social media, uh, when this episode comes out, but, uh, I'm very, very proud of, uh, having, you know, been chosen to win an award and, uh, be honored in that way. But tell me about, uh, founding the CBAs and, uh, and also the events that are coming up.
2: You know, it was, being in the industry as early as I was, you know, by the time we hit even medical marijuana, right? You know, 2010, we were writing this legislation. I mean, we had already been going hard since 2007 and activism. And, you know, really, we're activists. And so we have the heart for this. We're not in the winning business, we're in the fighting business. And it just seems like it's always a fight. And so, By the time 2012 came and we actually passed Amendment 64, we had already been fighting for many years, you know, 2007 getting beat. I mean, we were tired then. Right. And still ready to rock at the same time. And so, you know, this industry, when it was so different back then, even in like the legal side, because taking clients, You really had to take them by the hand and walk them through every piece of these licenses in order to transition them. And that's why so many consultants could never do it. And I really pioneered that merger and acquisition process and was like kind of the only one that was able to sell those licenses. And it was because of my prior experience with with mergers and acquisitions and knowing how to, to close the deal, right? Because it just was so different. And so it was just such a fight. And there were so many mom and pop shops and so many people who had done incredible historic work in the industry, but would never be recognized and no one would ever know their stories. And these people would tell me their stories in my office and they were just incredible people. And so, you know, I thought this isn't just about the plant. It's also about the people that are involved. I mean, that's really, it's about this journey to legalization and, And these people who have saved lives, I mean, parents were coming with children because they found out if they put them on cannabis, it would stop hundreds of seizures. And it just got really personal. You know, my own brother died and I would get really close with these people and I would care about their businesses just as much as them as we'd walk through it. I mean, we fight together and uh, I wanted to create a place where we all celebrated each other because as we went through legalization and we were over right or what we called state legalization you know and we would be overregulated and um, you know just compliance 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 it was really hard and I knew most people you know were putting everything they had into it because they were sick or somebody they really loved was sick and they believed in cannabis as medicine and you know that type of thing so, It just became such a special vibe and such a beautiful event where we celebrated these hearts and the work of each other. And it's now grown to just be just an amazing event where, you know, we have Jim McMahons coming down this year. We have Al Harrington and we have people from, you know, all these different walks of life who have been saved or brought here by cannabis.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you started the business awards 10 years ago uh, in Colorado. Where was the first award show that you did?
2: Yeah, it was in Denver, Colorado, right after we legalized Amendment 64. um, We did a white ball, a Christmas white ball. And that's really how it ended up being a snow globe in the beginning, that we had the CBA Globe trophies.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great. And this one that's coming up uh, June 2nd, Uh, for people. It's the Cannabis Business Awards East uh, at Sacred Space in Miami, Florida. Um, You can still get tickets. You can still vote for your favorite uh, cannabis brands and and people in in the industry. And uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about Lion Order as well. This is Rohan Marley, uh, who is uh, one of the sons of Bob Marley. Rohan is the one that played football as well, right?
2: Yeah, he actually played with uh, Ray Lewis, The Rock, and right. and uh, Warren Sapp for the University of Miami back. And so it was kind of this like all star football team. And then you hear you have Bob Marley's son, who's just an athlete. You know, he's the one that's that's kind of has that blood. So it was a really it was a really cool time in history. And it's really when he started the vision of Lion Order is. Um, with Warren Sapp and, and those guys in the locker room, they would all say "lie in order." <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's and that was, of course, his vision, which turned into the brand, which we just launched in Detroit on 420.
1: That's amazing. Yes, absolutely. And you're also uh, on the Rolling Stone Culture Council. Um, tell me a little bit about what that's all about uh, and uh, what you're able to accomplish there.
2: You know, I'm a big fan of Rolling Stone. It's been really interesting because, you know, I've I I say I've I've written a lot of curriculum. I've written hundreds of contracts. <laughs> but when it comes to, you know, being able to voice our platform and cannabis and our truth, we, we don't really have that, right? And I've wanted to do this series called Drug War 2.0, which I've started. My first article is going to be published here with Rolling Stone shortly. And it talks about legalization. And, you know, even though Colorado was first and we really pioneered this, it, we were scared too, right? You know, we, we fought everywhere. I mean, if you think about it, we had guns, gay rights, and weed all in the same legislative session. So we had a lot of different opinions and things, you know, people felt very strongly about a lot of things. It was very stressful on our legislative board, right, going through cannabis and and something that they never really understood before. And so, um, you know, I wanted to be able to share my experience and my voice with other communities that want to legalize, want to set up businesses and you know maybe we we will help smaller businesses we can open up markets and understand how to really create a business that will flow and and be a good industry so when they asked me to join i said well you know as long as i have a voice here i i would like to to have a platform to publish it so i chose i chose them
1: yeah yeah no absolutely that's amazing and uh and they reach a lot of people that you know we're we're constantly uh, kind of preaching to the converted we speak at uh, cannabis events to other, uh, you know, cannabis curious people, but uh, I think Rolling Stone has a platform within the music industry and, and politics to sort of reach out, uh, which I think is something we as an industry could do more of. Um, as, you know, a recognized expert in all these different aspects of cannabis industry, community, uh, equality, what what are your thoughts on, uh, on sort of where we should focus our energies now, uh, whether it be uh, banking, uh, social equity programs, ways, ways that we can basically make sure that uh, our industry maintains uh, part of what made us, you know, our culture and community.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's funny because that you either have these states who like overflow the businesses like Oklahoma or you have these vertically integrated monster licenses that only the very rich few groups can win. Right. There's not a lot in the middle. And, uh, you know, I think that we need to start by having systems that work because, you know, I always I always say, like, if you overtax businesses, you're just going to push it to the black market. And when I speak to these legislatures, I say, name one time in history, taxes have ever gone down. And just now the cultivation taxes are going down in California. So it is the fat lady singing. Is it possible that people are realizing that this industry is going to die? And the sad fact is, is so many of this industry, half of it has to go out of business for the other half to work in so many of these markets where they flooded it, where you see Colorado is now after we, we, you know, we had this huge 10 year mark, we hit over $12 billion in sales. And now you see that 13% margin starting to hit down. You see, you see the businesses starting to go down because other markets are popping up. So when you look out at out East and you see Massachusetts building out these huge facilities, yes, there's a lot of opportunities in New York, but right now, I mean, Massachusetts only has a couple year window before those New York dispensaries, the ones in Connecticut, the the ones they want to reopen in Rhode Island before all of that comes on. So we're going to see some sort of stability in the market. And somebody told me a long time ago that one day ounces would be like twenty four dollars upon legalization and explained it to me how it went like that with liquor, you know, tobacco. And I can see that almost happening. But until we really have interstate commerce, it's going to be state by state. And I think you're gonna have those states like Florida with True Leave making nine hundred and ninety-five million dollars last year. They're not even wrecked yet. Florida's eight million pounds a year underproduced. I mean, everybody would want a license there, unlimited locations to in California, where, you know, you've got just so many big businesses and growers that it's it's almost impossible to stay in business unless you're you're big.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm just hoping to see uh, some kind of way where there's like farmers markets where we can go and and just purchase homegrown cannabis from local farmers if if the, if we so choose. And maybe those will be more than twenty four dollar or twenty eight dollar ounces. And I'm willing to pay a little extra um, for that. You know, I just want to. I, I hope there's room for that. You know, where just like we go if we want farm fresh produce or eggs and whatever it might be. Uh, you know, we can choose to go to a co-op or a farmers market, or be part of a, you know, a, a cooperative of some kind. I, I just, I'm, I'm hoping that there's room for that because uh, it can't just be all Apple stores, right?
2: <laughs> well, you know, the, if you look at, if you look at alcohol, right? And, and we never know if it's going to hit twenty four dollar ounces, but, but at this point, it is interesting to watch. And I think, you know, alcohol has dry communities where they don't allow you know certain type of alcohol they also have craft breweries or places where people get together and can sell you know their craft beers or things like that and so as we get more accepted i think that those type of parts of the industry will flourish too that those it's not going to die in this community and just be apple apple but you know maybe the liquor store type they will have those type of you know big liquor store dispensaries or whatever as well, but it's, you know, I don't think you're ever going to kill a craft market, especially with something as spiritual as cannabis. There's a spiritual component to this plant. And I think, you know, when people really disrespect the spirit of them, they don't really make it in this business, no matter how big they are.
1: Yeah. That's uh, that's something, you know, that, that's really important for people to understand. I think it's like, you got to kind of be a true believer uh, in for, for, for longevity. I mean, people jump in and out. Um, but for the, the people that I see that, that are successful, uh, and, and, you know, they, they, they deal with all the aspects of it, the industry, the community, the culture, uh, business, uh, spiritual side, all of it. And, and so it's meaningful to them. And, uh, but you know, let's enough about like business and and community. Let's actually talk about cannabis. Um, and I know you're you're a huge connoisseur. Uh, mm-hmm. We've smoked <laughs> many times together. Uh, what are what are some of the strains that you're you're enjoying these days, or, or maybe some of the concentrates uh, that are out there as well that you're really uh, digging uh, most recently?
2: Well, I'll tell you what. That strawberry banana concentrate. That stuff. That is unreal. I. I'm I'm a sativa, you know, and I know we're going into these terpene profiles, but I work a lot, so I'm normally smoking sativas. You know, Durban Poison is one of my favorite, Bruce Banner, those type of sativas. But then I've been spending a lot of time in California, and so, and everybody out there only smokes OG. I feel <laughs> like you know, right? So I'm smoking so much OG, it's almost turned like sativa feeling for me.
1: (laughs) That's interesting.
2: And it makes me so creative.
1: Well, you've created a lot of amazing things. Uh, we also, we were part of you. You created the, uh, the roast (laughs) of of Jason Pinsky, which I'll never forget, uh, an epic event here in New York. We'll have to get the audio of that at some point. I know, but we had uh, such a fun time, uh, and yeah, I mean, I think that's an, that's an important thing too, is, uh, you know, you create, you're helping to create companies and brands and all of these things, but also, uh, meaningful events, uh, where people get together and, uh, deals are made friendships, probably more than that, more than that as well. Uh, so yeah, I mean, tell me, uh, I think, I guess we went over the business stuff, um, is there other business cannabis business awards coming up besides Miami?
2: Yep, we're looking at doing a West Coast toward the end of the year. Uh I have a couple venues in mind, but we're kind of we're getting through this one in the next couple of weeks and then we're going to go full force. I'm actually moving full-time to California um in July, so it's going to be interesting. I'm sure I'll be in Colorado a lot, but my you know, I've been writing applications out there and, and working with some big teams. So, um, you know, it's going to be exciting. And COVID, I had a little extra time to do that.
1: <laughs> right, right. And, you know, you had also done the Hemp Awards. Do you have plans to bring back uh, the Hemp Business Awards as well?
2: You know, I've been a little disappointed with the hemp industry. You know, we're taking, we're dragging our feet at the Department of Ag. We're, you know, it's it's just it's so crazy to keep testing the way they keep testing hemp. You know, it's like when you know you have a solid fruit and these farmers are going to have to pull it down three weeks beforehand to make sure it doesn't test over. And it's also hard in natural climate conditions and what they're putting the hemp farmers through. And so, you know, we've, we did that as like a special thing because we do do two hemp categories at the Cannabis Business Awards, but you know, I think that's going to end up being like a bi-yearly type event or maybe when something exciting happens in hemp and we want to do that because we always want to award farmers and that's why we kind of brought that to life.
1: Yeah. Well um, I wish you great success, um, continued success. And also um, let people know if they want to find out more about whether it be uh, the consulting, the uh, Clover Clover Leaf University, uh, the Cannabis Business Awards, Lion Order, where can they find out more uh, info about all of these different uh, things you got going on?
2: Well, if you go to chloevilano.com, there's links to all my businesses on there. Um, you know, cannabisbusinessawards.com and cannabisbusinessconsulting.com and cloverleafuniversity.com. But like I said, they're all under my chloevilano.com if you if you get confused, you can find all of my business profile on there.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chloe, for being on the show. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I've been trying to, I've been hoping to get you on and uh, I want people to know the event is coming up in uh, on June 2nd in Miami and you can still vote. Uh, you can actually vote for leaf uh, magazines, which uh, myself and Mike G are a part of uh, as a media uh, media brand, which uh, I highly encourage you to do. <laughs> and uh yeah, uh, any any sort of final words you have for uh, the listeners here, our uh, cultivation people out there in the world?
2: Yeah, you know, keep growing this amazing weed that is just makes us all so happy. And thank you because the cultivators really make it happen for us. So respect. And thank you so much for having me, Danny. I, you know, you're such a wonderful friend and human. And I just I've admired your work for so many years as well. So I really appreciate being here.
1: Thank you, Chloe Villano. Check her out. Uh, Her Instagram is Chloe underscore Villano. So join up and find out more. Uh, We will be back after these messages with more Grow bud Yourself. If you're ready to start your own home grow, you're going to need some seeds. Fortunately, our sponsor Rocket Seeds has you covered. You can find seeds for hundreds of high-quality cannabis varieties at rocketseeds.com, including many of our strains of the fortnight. Rocket Seeds boasts an incredible inventory of quality tested cannabis seeds. Whether you're looking for feminized, autoflowering, regular, CBD, or fast version seeds, Rocket Seeds has it all. Plus, Rocket Seeds ships internationally and discreetly and provides excellent customer service. And as a special promotion just for our listeners, you can use the code GBY10 to get 10% off your order at Rocket Seeds. So follow at Rocket Seeds on Instagram. Remember to tell them Danny sent you. And check out RocketSeeds.com today and get growing. Hey, all right. Welcome back. And uh, thank you again to uh, Chloe Villano. Uh, she is someone we could have on multiple times. I think uh, she's involved in so so many different aspects of the community and the industry, and uh, and really been a pioneer, uh, particularly in Denver, but all you know nationwide and worldwide. So thank you to her. Um, we are now in the cultivation segment, and I do believe it's been at least a fortnight.
0: <laughs> and yes, this is a fortnight. And yes, this is a Fortnite. Strain, Strain of, the of the Fortnite. Fortnite. What do you yeah. got for us? Uh, what do you got for us this week? Strain,
1: Strain of, of the Fortnite. Fortnite. <laughs> Strain, Strain of the Fortnite. There it is. <laughs>
0: that's the song thank you gunja gonzalez for creating that for us and it is it has been a fortnight probably a little bit longer what uh what do you have for this strain of the fortnight
1: yes so this strain for the week uh or for the fortnight i should say is Face Off og um this is an archive seeds strain uh we've featured them Uh, a number of times a great uh seed bank in oregon would love to get uh, the doctor on here sometime soon so i'm working on that um but the strain itself uh isn't originally from oregon it's from uh, southern california it's basically um a really nice pheno of og kush um and uh, basically you know like the story goes with many strains um an og kush uh hermied uh and then seeds seeds popped out and uh this was a pheno of it i guess the name face off uh tells you a little bit about uh you know the potency level and uh how um intense the the head high can be i know headband has that that name because it makes you feel like you've got like a headband on your face and uh, face off actually feels like the whole face came off <laughs> so it is very very distinct uh og you know kush flavor for sure um also Definitely good for pain relief, uh, typical of an indica-dominant strain. And um, not just indica-dominant, um, you know, I want to get into the, the terpenes that are dominant as well. Uh, Myrcene, for sure, a uh, big one. Uh, limonene gives it that, uh, you know, the citrusy lime uh, funk. And uh, carophylline as well. Um, those are some of the dominant terpenes of this OG pheno called Face Off uh, from Archive. It is the parent of a bunch of uh, strains that are very popular, including do uh, Animal Mints, uh, and Hellraiser OG, which I think we've, uh, we've had as a strain of the Fortnite in the past. Um, but, you know, if you're into that OG, the diesel fuel funk uh, and, uh, you know, bright lime green nuggets uh, that really sparkle like diamonds, I mean, this is a very shiny, shiny OG um and a great breeding strain, obviously since it is uh is the parent of so many great strains so um occasionally they have bx's of which are back crosses uh available on the archive site and other seed bank sites uh if you see it out there definitely get yourself some because like i said it's a great strain to grow and a great strain to breed with so uh that is the face-off og uh another archive legend and uh yeah, I mean, it's psychedelic, so be careful. Very, very strong. Very strong body buzz, and, uh, and uh, beginner tokers can get quite dizzy from smoking the face-off. So, you know,
0: ah. proceed with caution. All right. You've been warned uh, with the face-off. Okay, so strain of the fortnight, very good. And uh, as our listeners know, each week Dan likes to provide a grow tip that will help you become a better cultivator. So what do you want to talk about this week?
1: Yes. So this week is a follow-up on last week. Last week we did uh, 10 tips to beat the heat. uh, And I have 10 more tips uh, plus a bonus tip. So it's actually going to be 11 tips to beat the heat. Uh, Different tips than last week, uh, but all uh, very good ways to beat the heat. The reason I'm doing this in May uh, and not in the heat of July is because you should be prepared for the heat before the heat
0: hits. In order for you to beat it yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely
1: so um first tip uh of these next 10 tips uh is about central air conditioning if you're lucky enough uh to have central air conditioning built into your house or your apartment you can take full advantage of this uh you just set the temperature uh how you want it in your grow area and then you let the uh the central air unit maintain that proper level uh, you'll probably need either dehumidifier or humidifier to uh, balance things out. Uh, and, of course, larger grow facilities are going to need um, pretty heavy-duty industrial-sized units. Uh, but, you know, just keep in mind how many BTUs, that's British thermal units, you're going to need uh, to keep your stuff cool. And central air is certainly a wonderful way um, if you're lucky enough to have it. And uh, let's see here. another uh, Tip number two. Uh, CO2 enrichment, uh, CO2 generators actually produce heat uh, and that's, you know, they have burners and the burners create uh, uh, carbon dioxide as they burn. So that can actually produce heat. But the tanks that you get uh, with uh, the regulators, uh, the tank, you know, the big tall gas tanks that you can get, those are filled with very, very cold gas. So when that gas is released, that actually cools the room uh, and helps the plants to grow. Um, so the plants that are receiving enriched CO2, so you can get up to about 1500 parts per million, uh, during the flowering period when the plant is really, uh, building, uh, a lot of bud. Um, and those plants can actually live in hotter environments. You can go to 80, um, 84 or so degrees, uh, with CO2 enrichment from a tank. Uh, so rooms with CO2 gas, can, uh, regularly added, uh, from a tank can actually, uh, You know, they can function a little bit uh, higher temperature. So if temperature is an issue, uh, CO2 enrichment from a tank and regulator, not a generator, um, is certainly a good way to cool the room and also uh, cool the plants and keep them thriving uh, with lots of carbon dioxide to convert into sugar, uh, which is the cell's growth. Um, Tip number three, portable swamp coolers. if you can connect to your water supply, uh, a portable swamp cooler is a good uh, heat reduction tool. Uh, these units basically use evaporation to your advantage. They absorb moisture uh, and then output cooler wet air. Uh, and this is without the use of Freon. So it's not, uh, it's not the same as an AC, it's actually a swamp cooler. So it actually does uh, use that evaporation to your advantage, which is pretty cool. Uh, another good uh, device is a digital cooling humidifier. Uh, this is a way to cheaply reduce heat. Uh, and you can also add moisture um, with a DCH or a digital cooling hu- humidifier. Uh, there's, these units utilize tanks that you refill with water and they put out a cooling mist uh, that will definitely cut your heating costs and uh, temp- temps and also raise uh, humidity as well. There's lots of different sizes and applications. So, uh, you know, you can go from a four by four tent up to a big, large, uh, larger room with those. So that's a great tip. Um, this is one that actually, you know, as far I've mentioned this before, but with less of your uh, hose or ducting, you get less resistance. So if you keep your ducting as straight as possible, um, and, and and as little as possible ducting that you need. So any bends that you have in the tubes, uh, your venting tubes. Are going to slow down the air considerably and they're going to reduce the efficiency of your fans and filters. Um, so just think about the CFM rates uh, of how, you know, the uh, cubic feet per minute that you're pulling out of the room uh, is going to go down considerably uh, with any kind of resistance and obstructions. Uh, so then also you can insulate the ducting. That can help uh, if you insulate the ducting. Uh, another uh, tip for that is uh, using white tubes rather than like dark colored tubes, uh, white colored opaque tubing, uh, and hoses for all your needs instead of the black ones, the darker colored tubes are going to absorb more light. Um, thus they're going to heat up. Uh, so, uh, most hydro shops and and nurseries will sell high quality white tubing and hose, and that'll actually deflect the heat instead of letting the heat in there. Um, and don't use clear tubing for anything because then, uh, you're obviously going to get issues with, uh, mold or, or algae. So um white instead of dark colored tubing helps a lot. Um insulate your room really well. A well insulated room is much easier to keep cool than one without insulation. Uh put, think about an attic space that's exposed uh to the roof. Uh you're gonna be pulling heat right off the, the the top of the roof. Uh and then if it's cold out um the cold's gonna spike. Uh it's basically just due to the proximity to uh the outdoors. The outside world. So if it's cold out, your, your spaces will be cold. If it's hot out, your space will be hot. Um, but if you insulate that space properly, you'll be able to control the environment much better. Um, for hydro growers, uh, keeping your nutrient reservoir tank on a concrete floor, uh, basically on the floor of, of, of your grow, is going to keep that solution cooler because uh, water conducts cold as well as heat. So uh, a reservoir that's sitting on a basement floor it will reduce the water cooling costs. If you have, uh, um, you know, pumps obviously inside the the reservoir that's going to heat up the water, um, you might need a chiller in there. Uh, but keeping it on the floor is much better than propping it up. Uh, it'll actually um, cool it. And if if uh, the solution is too cold, uh, you know, below sixty degrees or so, you, you should raise the reservoir um, and maybe add an aquarium heater too. Uh, just to keep it warm enough. You don't want it to be too cold and shock uh, the roots. Uh, Next tip is to detect heat spots in your space. So you get an infrared uh, laser thermometer for basically under 50 bucks at this point, Uh, and you can check for hot spots. Uh, You can check for uh, drafts, any kind of thermal leaks that you have in your space. Uh, You just point it uh, pretty much anywhere, and you get a digital readout of the exact temperature at that spot. This is a great way to... uh, to check leaf surface temperature as well, which can be much hotter in many cases than uh, just ambient uh, temperature in the room. Uh, Just having that one thermometer in the middle of your room is not going to cut it. Uh, It's really much better to have a digital uh, infrared laser thermometer that you can actually point at stuff and know exactly what the temperature is on the surface of your leaves, on the surface of your uh, equipment, and pretty much anywhere in your room, uh, and that's a great way to uh, to see where heat is either gathering or where uh, you, know, you know you might need to insulate more uh, just to keep stuff from getting out. Um, adding supplemental lighting uh, using like compact fluorescents, uh, T five fluorescent tubes, or LEDs um, instead of doubling up on your HID lights. Uh, that can drastically reduce uh, heat production and energy costs. Um, And you can kind of like checkerboard them sometimes in a way to, 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 to spread them around and uh, make sure that uh, if you do have those, they can, they can be dimmable as well. So uh, if it gets too hot, uh, you can dim those lights or you can have them automatically dim uh, if you have regulators and that type of equipment. So, uh, you know, supplement with, uh, with lights that don't create as much heat. And uh, you won't build up as much heat, obviously. Um, And the final tip here is light movers. Uh, If you have your lighting on a track or a spinner, um, that's going to give you a bigger footprint to grow in, but also at the same time reduce heat. Uh, It spreads the light around more, too. So uh, you don't have uh, tops being shaded out uh, basically by one light that's just uh, standing still when the light moves, it actually like reaches, uh, deeper into the canopy for sure. Um, it also allows you to lower the bulbs a bit, um, which will actually improve, uh, the amount of lumens that you're receiving at leaf surface or canopy level. So, um, light movers are great. I'm not a big fan of the spinning ones personally, uh, but I do like, uh, the track ones, uh, that just kind of go back and forth. Uh, that's a good way to increase your growing footprint without, uh, adding more light and also reducing the amount of heat and spreading the light up around a bit so that is the uh 10 more great tips to beat the heat uh for this week and i uh, hope you guys enjoy and uh you can employ some of those in your grow to uh beat the heat when it starts to get hot i mean we're talking about 90 degrees here in new york uh in the next couple of days
0: so uh, the heat comes fast and it's it's best to be prepared All right, there you go. Tips for beating the heat in a two-part series. So there you go. Good stuff, Danko. Uh, Okay, so we have reached the point of the show where we answer some questions from our listeners. And if you have a question you would like answered on the show, uh, get in touch with us. Our email, as always, is info at growbudyourself.com. Let's jump right in here with our friend Gunja Gonzalez. All right. Creator of the uh, Strain of the Fortnite uh, theme song. So, Gunja Wright, Steer, Danny, and Mike. Uh, What is your stance on schwazing, Danny? Uh, There's not much to be found on this topic. It seems that it is one of these very controversial techniques that some people swear by while others think is madness. I wondered if the yield suffers by defoliating this radical way. Uh, Many thanks in advance. Take care, stay healthy. Your podcast is one of the few things that keeps me sane during the quarantine. Uh, So, yeah, what would you say here to Gunja?
1: Yeah, so uh, from what I know about uh, schwazing, is uh from the book uh three pounds per light i think uh we got that back in the old uh years ago um at high times and of course you know upon uh first inspection it was like you know these guys are charging several hundred dollars i think for this book and uh and really it's just talking about defoliation but it's very strategic so there's certain periods of time where you do take you drastically remove uh leaves um and it's got to be very particular to that week of growth um and for that strain so i think that there's some strains um that respond better to this than others um and i do think that there it it is a way to increase uh yield if done properly uh it's a little bit extreme for me personally i i'm not a big uh, defoliation guy uh, I, I take off, uh, you know, fan leaves after they've sort of done their job or I kind of tuck them in and under. But uh, I like them, you know, those are the factories that are basically pull, pulling in light. And uh, so I, my stance on it is I, I've personally never personally done it. Um, it certainly is uh, controversial. And it's very, uh, you have to be very strategic about it. You have to basically do it exactly in the week where it it's to be done and uh i do think that uh you know i've seen results that have been decent where people have used that technique the plants do bounce back the buds do grow uh bigger and and fan leaves come back too so um if it's done properly uh it's a pretty radical technique i think it's a lot of work uh for just a little bit of boost in yield i prefer just having the plant uh, produce so it's, you know naturally what it's going to do uh and and staying as close to nature as possible so it's not really something i would do even if it does boost you know 10 or 15 percent of yield because yield isn't really my my goal anyway so um yeah i mean that's pretty much my stance on uh, schwazing. thanks thanks for the song too and uh and thanks for the kind words you know we're, we're we're doing our best uh to get through all this with our our sanity and our health so best back at you we appreciate your support
0: yeah, for sure. Thank you, Gunja. Uh, okay, let's move on to Lexington, who writes, Hey, Mike G. and Danny D., um, I work at a dispensary in New Jersey. I have two questions for you. So I guess let's do the first and then we'll we'll do the second. Uh, my first question is, how do you think a marijuana plant would be affected if grown in a topsy-turvy upside-down planter? The light source would have to be on the ground, but I think it would be an interesting experiment. Maybe one of your listeners will try and get back to us uh, since we don't have home grow in the garden state. So um, let's do that first. What are your thoughts there for Lexington?
1: Yeah, uh, the topsy-turvy growers basically are upside down. This is a way that people uh, grow tomatoes basically uh, in these hanging planters. Uh, And they basically kind of grow uh, upside down. I mean, they grow out and then down. Uh, so like you said, the light source on the ground, I mean, I think it's an interesting experiment. Uh, all plants are going to grow towards their light source. So if the light source is below the plant, uh, the plant is going to find a way to, uh, turn and, and, and grow down towards that light. So, uh, you know, the plant will adjust and, and grow towards the light. I don't know how it's going to really affect yield or even, um, you know how tough it is to like water them in. I mean, I think the reason people do this with tomatoes is because uh, they can just sort of grow in the air and you can pluck them right off uh, like that. And then in these hanging planters, these topsy turvy uh, upside down planters, but I think it benefits tomatoes a lot more than it would benefit cannabis uh, because tomatoes are vines, you know, they need to They need to be staked up. And if cannabis is grown right, it doesn't really need to be staked up. And I think uh, the natural way, again, is the way to go. And, uh, yeah, let's get to the second question here.
0: All right. So, yeah, remember, Lexington works in a dispensary in New Jersey. The second question... Uh, is um, when you buy a package of concentrates in New Jersey, they don't give you a gram, they give you less than half on top of charging you, double what you would pay for a whole gram out West. So who can I complain to about this? Like in the government, my friends hear me complain about this all the time. Uh, thank you so much. Stay groovy. I would just say very quickly before you jump in, um, they, uh, New Jersey just recently had uh, hearings with the uh, the regulatory body that controls the cannabis industry there. And one of the topics that, that came up was the exorbitant prices of pot. You know, uh, eighths are going for as much as $65, and they're trying to get the prices down. One of the suggestions is licensing more cultivators. So it is something that that... Uh, that lawmakers in new jersey are aware of the prices are very high uh for legal cannabis so far
1: yeah i mean and that's just not going to help them at all because people can people aren't dumb they know that there's you know the uh, underground is is still out there and if they can get uh double the amount for the same price and and it's a quality product that's what they're going to do and it's going to cut into the the profits of the legal legal businesses so Um, eventually they're going to have to drop their prices. I, I, I don't know, you know, like I, I I don't understand how the prices are so inflated anyways. I mean, most of the cost of cannabis is in the risk, uh, in the past, you know, in the underground marketplace, the, the, the reason why an eighth is 50 or $60 is because of all the risk that was taken to produce it. Now, now if it's legal, it should be, it should actually cost much less. I mean, you know, 10, 20, $30, um, reasonably. And I think the same with concentrates. So, uh, we're in a funny period of time where, you know, a very limited group is allowed to produce these things and they can charge basically whatever they want. And as long as people are buying, they'll probably keep those prices up, but eventually, uh, you know, supply and demand are not, uh, things you can really manipulate at some point, uh, the demand will, you know, will demand, lower prices and the supply will have to comply. So uh yeah, it's just uh, I think it's just a strange time where uh it you know, it just went legal in New Jersey and there's very few places to uh to purchase uh legal cannabis and cannabis products and and so they're going to they're going to charge what they can until they have to drop the price. And uh it's good that the government is trying to look into this as well because uh, again, you, you know we want them to survive and thrive but uh, uh, but we're not willing to pay prohibition era prices or, or higher uh, in order to do that so you know and and the no- lack of home grow too is is a is a sticker stickler for me and I think we need to make sure that these things change and prices go down and and we can grow our own.
0: Yeah, for sure. Although, you know, we have to say New Jersey just launched retail sales April 21st. There is go- There are going to be some growing pains. It's going to take some time, uh, but hopefully they, they actually try to uh, make things better there. So thank you, Lexington. Uh, let's... Uh, I guess we have time for one more, let's, let's do Salsa Verde, who writes, uh, hey guys, virtually every nutrient product I have seen has instructions on the label noting to store them in a dark place. They aren't kept in a dark place at the grocery stores, so what's up with that? Does this lead to degradation of the products, and does it lessen the effectiveness if stored in a non-dark area? So, yeah, what would you say to Salsa Verde?
1: yeah no that's a very interesting concern uh the hope is that uh the grow store, the grow store doesn't have the product in stock really long enough to do any real damage uh to the nutrients themselves with uh with the light in the store uh the real problem arises when the grower purchases the newts and then stores those nutrients inside their grow room um exposed to like really strong lighting high intensity discharge lighting or or whatever it might be Um, I've been in a lot of grow spaces where, you know, fertilizer bottles are are on a shelf right there in the grow space. Uh, And that will degrade those nutrients quickly in that type of scenario. Um, And the best kind of grow shops are going to have display bottles out, you know, on the shelf, and then they'll go and get you your bottles uh, from a dark back room. Uh, But those type of shops are few and far between. Um, Your best bet is just to ensure that you're purchasing a fresh product, um, something that hasn't sat for months. Uh, on a store shelf under fluorescent lighting or, you know, even worse sunlight, like if it's in the window of the store um, and the, the the label's a little faded or whatever it might be. Um, and you can also ask the clerks too, hey, do you have sealed boxes of these in the back? I'd love to get a really, you know, fresh, um, you know, fresher, fresher version than the ones that are sitting out here. And a lot of times if you ask nice and you're you're cool about it, uh, they might be able to go and get you like a fresher, uh set of newts so uh and then once you get them home uh just store them in a cool dark place and uh, that way you'll have the best longevity uh for those newts and you can use them sparingly and, and not worry about them going back
0: all right there you go um so thank you salsa verde thank you to everybody who wrote in this week uh, we are gonna take another question over on patreon that's gonna be about ph balancing for outdoor grows uh but thanks to everyone who wrote in if you have a question email us at info at growbudyourself.com uh, what do you say we take a little break come back and wrap this one up let's do it
1: Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcasts' chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram. At Excelsior Extracts. That's E X C E L S I O R E X T R A C T S. DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right, welcome back. And it's time for the wrap. Do not delete or stop listening there's very important information to come including uh please sign up for our patreon page we've got i think around 65 people there uh you can sign up for as little as four dollars and 20 cents a month uh if you sign up uh you everyone gets a lot of cool stuff but the higher levels that you sign up for the more free stuff you get including a signed copy of my book uh sweet leaf nutrients all kinds of stuff gear uh from them as well and uh yeah, please sign up. Uh we we would really love to build that community up. Uh over 100 people and uh all kinds of giveaways are set to be released at that point as well. Um thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to Chloe Villano. Uh check out cannabisbusinessawards.com. Uh you can vote there. You can actually vote for Leaf Magazines uh for media and uh as a previous recipient of that award, uh, I would definitely urge you to go to the site and uh, vote. The event is in Miami uh, June 2nd, and then there will be a bunch of them coming up uh, in the next months as well. Um, so th- thank you to her. Uh, thank you to you guys. Thanks to the sponsors, Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients, uh, Rocket Seeds, Excelsior Extracts, uh, lots of good deals to be had from all of them. Uh, vapor.com as an affiliate. You can use the code Yourself 20 for 20% off everything site-wide. Uh, at vapor.com, uh, that includes literally like every vaporizer, every Puffco peak, every volcano, rolling papers, trays, CBD products. I mean, it's a huge site with tons of stuff and, uh, 20% off indeed is, uh, is a good discount. So use that code grow yourself 20 over there. Um, again, Sweetleaf is Danko 15 for 15% off. Uh, rocket seeds is GBY 10 for 10% off. Uh, We're going to do shout outs uh, to Patreon supporters next week. So if you want to join up, uh, this is the week to join up and uh, thanks to you guys, man, for listening and supporting us and subscribing and uh, hopefully learning about uh, personal cultivation and growing your own and maybe a little bit of politics and advocacy. And hopefully, uh, you know, we can free all the cannabis prisoners in the very near future uh, and continue the fight to to grow bud ourselves and uh and spread the joy of this healing flower throughout the world and uh i don't know how to end this sentence so i'm just gonna say put in the books